Chapter 13, Orin Hopcraft's Study It had been horrible for Alfie to see his dad turn so pale as they had staggered into the castle dripping wet, covered in scratches from the iron bars, and coated in mud after scrambling up the hill. He patched up their scrapes and made it very clear that they were never to go down into the lower cellars on their own again. From the tone of his voice, Alfie knew better than to try and argue. Granny had called for help with the festival preparations that afternoon. Alfie's dad hadn't told her about their close shave, but sent them straight down to the village hall to be put to work. They found Granny standing amid strings of bunting, directing the men and women of the organizing committee. Alfie watched with admiration as she sent them all about their allocated jobs, painting or renovating props and stages. The hall was a hive of activity. About time, boys, she called. I was about to come and drag you out of bed myself. Now, into the kitchen. You're on pumpkin carving duty. Before Alfie could say a word, she had swept them into the big catering kitchen with its huge ovens and tea urns. Every surface was covered in pumpkins of all shapes and sizes. There was a horrified gasp from the far corner, and they turned to see Madeline staring at them amid a sea of stringy pulp and seeds. She leapt up and made a dash for the door, but it slammed shut before she was even halfway. She let out a yell and pounded on the door as a key turned loudly in the lock. Seconds later, the serving hatch snapped open and Granny's head popped through, a mischievous glint in her eyes. This door won't open until you three sort yourselves out. Madeline has been driving me crazy, moping around my cottage for days. Hopefully some creative hard work will get you three on good terms again. Drinks are sandwiches and are in the fridge. Now get busy. The hatch snapped shut. Well, what if we need the bathroom? Then you'd better make up sooner rather than later, called Granny's distant voice. I should have guessed she'd try something like this, said Robin, slumping against a cabinet and picking up a large pumpkin. She means it. She'll leave us in here all night if she has to. What about it, Maddie? asked Alfie, hopefully. Friends? Madeline continued carving, showing no sign of having heard him. Alfie shrugged helplessly at Robin, then sat down on the floor and got to work on a pumpkin. Robin sighed and joined him. Halfway through hollowing out his third pumpkin, Robin brought up the subject of the huge sealed door in the lower cellars. As he spoke, Alfie noticed Madeline slowing down in her work. She didn't look their way, but he could tell she was listening intently. Alfie pulled the talisman out of his shirt and showed it to Robin. There's no way I'm opening that thing until I've asked Caspian about it, but I am sure about this, that this is the key. It matches the markings exactly. What if it's something really valuable, said Robin, like gold? Maybe that's what the dragon is after. Do dragons really love gold? Or is that just a myth? asked Alfie. Until last week, we thought dragons were just stories. Who knows what they're really like? Alfie had to accept Robin's point. He hardly knew what to believe anymore. Do you think it's lonely? He said as he jabbed two eyes into his pumpkin. I mean, it must be the last of its kind. I've never heard of anyone else saying... They both jumped as two loud bangs on the counter above interrupted their conversation. 
Madeline stood looking down at them, arms folded. Next to her were the two pumpkins she had been carving. Here's what's happening, she said sharply. I'll admit that there there wasn't anything you could say to Mom and Dad to make them believe me, so I'm going to forgive you. Really? said Alfie. Well, that's so big of you, Madeline. Think if, continued Madeline. You admit that you were a couple of pigs for not backing me up. Agreed? But, but, but you just said that there was nothing we could say, said Robin. Alfie prodded him in the ribs. Agreed. We were a couple of pigs, said Alfie, happy that Madeline was finally talking to them them again. We'll always back you up in the future. Well, Madeline asked Robin. Alfie gave him another prod. Oh, okay, okay, said Robin, looking anywhere but at Madeline. Agreed. Right, now, you're going to tell me everything about the cellars and that thing on the barn, and don't even think about exploring any more of the castle without me. One more thing, she added before Alfie or Robin could say another word. She nodded toward the two pumpkins on the counter, into which each she had carved a pig snout. This one is you, she said to her Alfie, pointing at a pumpkin with a twisted face, crossed eyes, and buck teeth. The other is you, she said, she told Robin. His pumpkin was even uglier. Alfie stared at the pumpkins in stunned surprise. Wow, he said finally, looking from the pumpkin to Robin. She's captured you perfectly. They both burst out laughing. Even Madeline couldn't stop the corners of her mouth from twisting into a smile. Yeah, she's got you just right too, Alfie, said Robin, turning to Alfie. If it had a body, I wouldn't be able to tell which was the real you. Alfie picked up a large handful of sloppy pulp and threw it at Robin. He ducked out of the way and it skimmed the top of his head to hit Madeline square in the chest. With a shriek, she picked up two handfuls of the orange goo and threw them, scoring direct hits on both Alfie and Robin's faces. When Granny opened the door to see what all the noise was about, Alfie and the twins were rolling on the floor laughing, covered from head to toe in pumpkin guts. Well, I see you've been busy. Does this mean you're all friends again? Alfie looked at Madeline, eyebrows raised as to as he fished the seeds out of the back of his sweater. For now, she said primly, as a large glob of pumpkin slid from her head and onto the floor with a splat. The next morning, Alfie thought his dad was acting strangely as they ate breakfast in the great hall. He was fidgeting a lot and seemed to be trying not to grin as they talked about birthday plans for the following day. Alfie had decided it was pointless having a party at the castle, as his birthday was on the opening night of the Samhain Festival. The celebrations would be like a party anyhow, but with the whole village there. A tinkling bell broke through their conversation, and they turned to see Ashford standing by the doorway. Once he had their attention, he cleared his throat and said, <coughs> Announcing the arrival of Miss Amy Sue. Hey, Al, said Amy nonchalantly as she strolled into the room and took a seat at the table as if she'd lived there all her life. Amy, yelled Alfie, amazed to see his best friend suddenly appear in his new home. When did you get here? I just picked her up from the train station late last night, said his dad, looking rather proud of himself. Amy will be staying with us for a few days. You didn't think I'd miss your birthday, did you? She asked in mock surprise, tucking into the blueberry pancakes Ashford had placed in front of her. By the way, 
she said, spraying crumbs across the table. I wasn't allowed to leave my room last night in case I bumped into you, so I want the full tour as soon as we finish breakfast. This place is awesome! Alfie's dad headed into town to pick up some equipment for his workshop while Alfie showed Amy around the castle and filled her in on everything that had happened to him since the move to Hexbridge. He even showed her Orrin's letter and could hardly believe how easily she had accepted the existence of flying rugs, dragons, druids, and magic, saying simply, Oh yeah, legends have to come from somewhere. In the afternoon, Ashford served Alfie and Amy afternoon tea at the table in the library, where they were taking a break from exploring to read comics. Oh, wow, these are even better than grands, said Amy, working her way through the many varieties of sandwiches, cakes, and treats at the cake stand, as Ashford poured them cups of black currant juice from a china teapot. But I won't, don't tell her I said that, she cast a sharp glance at Alfie and Ashford. Ashford winked, your secrets are as safe as my own. I like him said Amy, as Ashford left the room. You don't think there's something a little bit weird about him? asked Alfie. Like what? Hmm, well, he was a bit grouchy when he first arrived, and he knew the castle inside out, without even being shown around. He can cook anything we want, or get anything we need in minutes, and he just seems so, well, amused all of the time. Annie looked at him with one eyebrow raised. So what? You're worried because he's a really good butler? And since when is being happy a crime? Alfie shrugged. Well then, there you go. Now, more importantly, this dragon. What are you going to do about it? It was a question that had been bothering Alfie for some time. Who do you tell if you know a dragon is on the loose? Even if he could find someone who would believe it, what could they even do about it? I have no idea. I thought there might be something in a Warren study on how to banish dragons, but I still haven't found the way in. Did you try searching this room? Burped Amy as she got up and looked around. Makes sense that it would be near the library. First place I looked, said Alfie, finishing the last of the cookies. I tried sliding every single one of the panels and pressing every book in the bookcases, but no luck. Hmm, maybe that would be too easy. I bet he's testing you to see if you're clever enough to find it. Are you sure there are no other hidden messages on the letter? Alfie had already checked the letter a dozen times, but he scanned it once again with and without the talisman. Nothing, he sighed. Amy ran her fingers around the intricately carved panels on the wall around the fireplace. I bet it's hidden here. She set about twisting the lamps and prodding the tiles, but Alfie had already tried them all. If only Orrin could give him another clue. Or had he already? Alfie looked down at the talisman. Could Orrin's letter be a clue to finding the study after all? He put the lens to his eye and scanned the library. Almost immediately, a flicker of light from a panel near Amy caught his eye. He rushed toward it to find a small circle drawn on the wood in the same glowing ink as Orrin's letter. See something? asked Amy. Hmm, another message from Orrin, 
said Alfie, sitting back on his heels and examining the images engraved into this panel. The circle had been drawn around the sun, which was indented into the wood. When he looked really closely, he could just about make out some small runic symbols like the ones on his talisman. I think it's a kind of keyhole. So where's the key? asked Amy. Alfie took the talisman from around his neck and pressed it to the indentation. A thrill ran through him as, he, as it clicked into place. Genius, cried Amy, as the talisman began to rotate counterclockwise. After three turns, it was released, and the panel swung open before them. Barely hesitating, they stepped through to find themselves in another room lined with shelves, as well as hundreds of books. The shelves hood, the shelves held jars of all shapes and sizes containing colored powders, herbs, and dried up liquids. A large chair sat next to the fireplace. They had found Orin Hopcraft's study. Alfie marveled that there wasn't a speck of dust in sight. It looked as if the druid had just popped out for something, yet the room must have lain empty for hundreds of years. Wow, just look at these books, said Amy, reading the titles on the spines. A Seer's Guide to Translating Visions. Herbs for Health and Happiness. Egypt's Lost Magics. Forgotten Beast of the British Isles. Predicting Plagues and Blizzards with Lizards Gizzards. Alfie smiled. He was sure Madeline would be more impressed with these few shelves than Robin was with the whole library. On a small desk under the window was a mortar and pestle, along with a number of silver implements for scooping and cutting. On the desk was a note, written in normal ink this time. Dear Alfie, congratulations on finding my study. I hope you didn't mind my little test. I knew what you would I knew that you would pass. In this room are many of my magical tools and notes as well as artifacts and writings. I have traveled far and wide to collect. I hope that they will be of interest to you, though I must ask that you don't experiment with anything you don't understand. Which leads me to the seal under the castle. Oh, Alfie's breath caught in his throat. Do not attempt to open it, though it would require a secret incantation and many horses to lift it. No chances should be taken. When you come of age at 13, I will offer you instruction in druid philosophy and folk magic to help you appreciate these fruits of my lifelong quest of knowledge. Your friend always, Orin Hopcraft. Aw, man. You inherit a castle, and you get to learn from a wizard, said Amy, giving him a shove. Do you think it'll be some kind of correspondence course? New letters and tests sent every week via this Caspian bone bloke? A druid, a druid, not a wizard, said Alfie, barely registering the last part of the letter, his mind only on the trap door. He had thought the letter was going to tell him more about it, but all it had given him was a warning. Orin had called the door a seal. Didn't seals keep things shut inside? What could be sealed beneath his castle? Alfie, where are you? 
called a very distant voice. Hey, come on, it's Dad, said Alfie. Come on, come on, before he finds this place. There's no way he'd let me mess with this stuff. They shot back into the library, and Alfie closed the entrance to the study only seconds before his dad opened the door. He made up his mind to visit again as soon as he had the chance.